In December, Brazil was hit with an outbreak of yellow fever, the latest in a series of arboviruses that have emerged in the Americas in recent years. Although the outbreak originated in rural areas of the country, its proximity to major urban centers has raised concern that the virus could spread more broadly. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Anthony Fauci, Director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. Dr. Fauci has co-authored a perspective article about yellow fever, the most serious arbovirus ever to circulate in the Americas. Dr. Fauci, your article was published online in early March. What does the outbreak look like today? Well, it's still ongoing right now, and it's a very interesting and somewhat precarious situation where you have, in a certain region in Brazil, what we call sylvatic cases. It appears that most, if not all, but we can't say for sure, cases are those in which a mosquito bites a non-human primate who has yellow fever and then bites a human. And it stays in the jungle-type sylvatic areas. The concern is that if we wind up getting transmission with Aedes aegypti mosquito, which populate the very urban areas of Brazil, like Rio de Janeiro and Sao Paulo and others, that once you get a chain of transmission, particularly in areas that have not routinely vaccinated people, that you could get an outbreak of yellow fever, which would be a very, very difficult situation because that's a very serious infection. We don't see that right now, but we're really keeping a close eye out on it because if you make that transition from sylvatic transmission to urban transmission, then that would be a real problem. So you remind us in your article that other arboviruses, dengue, West Nile, chikungunya, and most recently Zika, have also emerged or re-emerged in the Americas. What's allowing these viruses to spread in recent years? What conditions have changed? There are a lot of theories about it, but some that are more plausible than others. First of all, what we have is travel, the intensity of the travel. If you look at one of the arboviruses, so one that came to the Americas in North America in 1999, which was West Nile, and that was almost certainly due to the transportation of either a person who was infected, a bird or a mosquito, likely from Israel to New York, right around Kennedy Airport, and then it just took on a self-propagating endemicity that we now see even up to this day with waxing and waning. So travel certainly is one of them. The situation with Zika, the same thing. If you look at the epidemiological map, how it was concentrated, first recognized in the Zika forest in Uganda in 1947, and then kind of went under the radar screen. And then there were outbreaks in the Yap Islands in 2007, and then in 2013 in French Polynesia. And then because of travel of people from that region of the world to Brazil, What you had with Brazil was what I refer to as a perfect storm, because you had a very large country with a lot of Aedes aegypti mosquitoes, which are very recalcitrant mosquitoes to be able to control in a population that was immunologically naive. So the reason we had the explosion of Zika in Brazil and then now in Puerto Rico and in other countries in South and Central America was because the people who lived there had never experienced those types of infections. Now, getting back to yellow fever, one of the things that we're concerned in, even though yellow fever is an ancient disease, we have an excellent vaccine for yellow fever that's upwards of 99% effective. But when you get to a situation where, particularly in the urban areas 
where people live in big cities, they have not been vaccinated with yellow fever because their yellow fever had been so well controlled in the Western Hemisphere. So that's one of the concerns that I pointed out in the article in the New England Journal of Medicine. When you get the possibility of urban spread from something that generally was just intermittent outbreaks in sylvatic or jungle regions, then you have to catch up with your vaccination. It's everything from travel to naive populations to the fact that vaccines may not have been given because there wasn't perceived to be a need for vaccines. All of those things together account for this emergence of arboviruses over the last couple of decades in the Western Hemisphere or in the Americas. So looking at vaccine, during another yellow fever outbreak that began in Angola in 2015, the world's emergency vaccine stockpile, which had been reserved for epidemic response, was exhausted. So what makes yellow fever vaccine difficult to produce, and why is there such a limited supply? Well, the problem is it's an arduous type of egg-based growing the virus and activating the virus procedure that has been time-honored and true and a superb vaccine. You can't get much better than 98, 99% effective. The only trouble is, is that since, for the most part, with some exceptions in Africa, like the outbreak that we've seen in Angola and the Democratic Republic of the Congo, yellow fever is generally under reasonable control. So the incentive to make a new 21st century recombinant DNA technology-based vaccine is not there because you're not talking about vaccinating broad global populations of individuals. But that's unfortunate because of the point that you just made, that even though this vaccine is very effective, it is difficult and it takes a long time to scale up production of a vaccine. When you have a reasonably well-controlled situation, what you have is stockpiles of vaccine that you can replenish over time. But if you get in an emergent situation where you need a lot of vaccine right away, that's when you get into trouble with a vaccine that's very arduous in its production mechanisms, namely the growing of the virus in eggs, the purification, and the inactivation. So looking at the United States, you write in your article that a yellow fever outbreak in the continental U.S. is highly unlikely. But do you expect there'll be any isolated cases in the warmer months? Do you think there'll be any local transmission in the U.S.? I think that's going to be totally related to whether or not we get an urban extension of the virus in South America, in Brazil. Because if you get it into the cities, namely Rio de Janeiro and Sao Paulo, those are the people that ultimately travel all over the world, including to the continental United States. And I think the example that we've seen with Zika is a perfect model for that. So there were many, many infections in Brazil, South America, and Puerto Rico. And then what you had is that you wound up having thousands of travel-related cases of Zika in the United States. And whenever you have travel-related cases in a region where you also have the proper, appropriate mosquitoes, like Aedes aegypti, then you will see local transmission. I don't think you're going to see, in fact, I'm almost certain you're not going to see a broad outbreak, but you could see local transmissions. So there are many ifs in this. If we transition from sylvatic to urban in South America and you get people who travel who have yellow fever and come to the continental United States, it was conceivable that we would see the same thing we saw with Zika, particularly along the Gulf Coast states. 
That's why we've seen a considerable number, well over 200 numbers of local transmitted Zika in Florida and clusters of them in Texas. For that same reason, you had travel-related Zika, and then you had the right mosquitoes in that region. They bit people who never left the continental United States, and that's when you get what we call local transmission. That's the kind of thing we want to be very concerned about if, in fact, we have the chain of events that I just described. So finally, looking forward, what can health systems do to prevent future outbreaks of yellow fever of other arboviruses? Well, to prevent outbreaks of yellow fever, it's going to be what the Brazilians are doing right now in the outbreak regions in the Sylvatic areas, is that do a mass vaccination campaign to prevent the spread. The yellow fever is endemic in animal populations in South America and in Africa. So you will always see intermittent cases of yellow fever. It's very difficult, if not impossible, to eradicate a virus that can equally infect non-human primates as well as human beings. What you can do is prevent it from becoming an outbreak by, in an appropriate situation, to do the kinds of vaccinations that we're talking about. The other thing that goes beyond yellow fever and involves all of the arboviruses is good mosquito control. And that's something that is easier said than done, but it's something that has been successful in curtailing outbreaks of a number of arboviruses. Thank you, Dr. Fauci.